Welcome to Grow Yourself to Grow Your Business, a podcast about growing your inner world so your outer world will reflect it. If you want to grow your business and learn how to make a profit in a heart-centered way, this is the show for you. Each week, you'll discover tips and inspiration for growing yourself, gaining wisdom, overcoming obstacles, and growing your business as a result. This is the podcast for holistic practitioners and coaches who want to make a difference in the world and be more profitable while helping more people. And now, here's your host, Liesl Teversham. Hello and welcome again. We're back today with another fabulous guest who's going to share with us why it's important to grow yourself, to grow your business. And he's going to share with us incredible tips, strategies, and very lovely information that can help each of our listeners not to feel alone with their journey. And I'm really excited to introduce you today to Peter Rubin. And let me share with you a little bit about him before we get started. Peter has been a full-time professional coach since 2011. He's a Bay Area native and holds a degree in product design and a master's degree in mechanical engineering from Stanford University. He lectured at the Stanford School with a focus on team dynamics and worked at two of the world's leading design and innovation consulting firms. Since taking the leap from the corporate world, Peter has founded multiple businesses in the personal growth space. He's learned most of his lessons the hard way by trying and failing and eventually succeeding in building his own businesses. In 2014, he built a career coaching business with a full client load and a waiting list called Masters of the Leap. Peter has passionate curiosity about business creativity and human relationships and is on a mission to help entrepreneurs and small business owners make a healthy living by doing business their way. His approach focuses on breaking out of business as usual and bringing his clients full selves to every aspect of their business. Peter's got extensive experience in facilitation, teaching and public speaking at places like General Assembly, California College of the Arts and Stanford University. Peter, it's a delight and honor to welcome you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. And I'm absolutely amazed at the wide areas in which you work and the incredible experience you bring with product design, mechanical engineering, business, creativity, innovation. So I just, <laughs> I can't wait yeah. to dive into this conversation. I've done everything. It's a blessing and a curse. I'll tell you that. Mm, I can only imagine. And we, I'm, I'm sure we're going to get in some parts of our conversation to this blessing and curse. So hold that thought and we're going to get there. Um, and, and maybe it'll even come up in our first question. I'd love to ask you if you can share a little bit. We, we heard sort of the formal part about Peter and I'd love to ask you to share a little bit about the journey you took because you know that little picture that we saw we saw see often on Facebook there's straight line to success but that's not how it really works it's all the squiggles and so I'd love to ask if you can share with us you know what how did you get here and what road did you take yeah yeah I'd be honored and I'll um, do your listeners a favor and not share every single squiggle because there uh-huh. have been a lot of them. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll stick to the, the bigger squiggles. So 
as it says in my bio, I have a master's in mechanical engineering. I went to school at Stanford and built robots um, for a few years. So that was sort of the most left-brained, you know, technical, um, you know, detail-oriented work I've done. And some part of me enjoyed it, and some part of me knew that I was more interested in working with people, um, sort of on a messier human level. So I graduated and went and worked at IDEO and Daylight, which are two um, leading design firms here in the Bay Area. And for three and a half years, I really enjoyed that work. It was fun. It was creative. Um, I was consulting for all sorts of different companies and nonprofits um, to create products and services, um, like you know products for cars, activity monitors, all sorts of things. Hmm. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the team until 2010, when some some part of my soul, what you know whatever I want to call it, some part of me was, was crying out to do something different. And the way I understood that is that the work as I did as a consultant um, was for one client, then another, and I couldn't feel the deeper purpose. You know, I looked at, I said, this is my 20s. These are really, you know, prime years to contribute to the world. And when I looked at all the projects, I'd scratch my head and think, you know, how do these add up to make a meaningful difference? I don't feel like I'm doing something purposeful. Um, I felt like I was helping a lot of big companies make money. Mm. So I grappled with that. And meanwhile, in my own personal life, I was taking a life coaching certification program, which originally was just for my own growth. Um, but as I did that, I got so excited. I went to coffee shops and said, hey, I'm a life coach. You know, do you want to work with me? Um. And I, I got clients that way through sheer charisma and enthusiasm. Wow. And I don't mean like, you know, charisma, like, you know, smooth talking, like I think I stumbled over my words, but they could feel the energy, you know, the enthusiasm behind my coaching. Um, so I had this nine to five job, which I was struggling with, and I had coaching on the side, which I loved. And I had clients pretty much every night and all weekend, I was burning the candle at both ends. And it came to this decision point of choosing one or the other. And I remember the night before I decided, I called every friend, I called my mentors, and there were two camps of people. You know, my parents in one camp saying, Peter, why would you give up your job? You're, you know, you're successful, you, you have a future here, you know, you work with wonderful people. And the other camp saying, you know, Peter, obviously you're called to do something different. You might not totally know how it'll work out or how you'll make a living, but, you know, with this much passion, it's bound to, to work out somehow. And I wouldn't be here on this call if I took the safer route. So I took the leap that next day, um, told my team I was quitting and expected I was burning bridges, actually. But they responded so generously. One of my the partners at this firm said, you know, Peter, I've never regretted quitting a job in my life. And I was like, wow, I'm shocked. And they even offered that I could come back and work as a consultant afterwards. Wow. Um, and I actually ended up taking them up on that offer over the next year or so, which helped me, um, have a gentler start into the coaching world. Wow. That is an amazing, um, a leap to take just the next day you went to your firm and said, this is it for me. Yeah. And that came after a year of agony. Oh. You know, it was a longer decision, but that, that final, that final decision happened really quickly. 
Mm. It was actually a project they wanted to put me on and they knew something was going on with me. So one of the partners said, um, you know, Peter, we want to put you in this leadership role for this project, but we need to know you're going to rock the house. You know, we need to know you can, you're going to really, this is a key client, you know, and I think it was a rhetorical question, but I actually, it really hit me. Mm. I said, wow, can I really do right by this company I'm working for and the client, given that my passion is going elsewhere? Mm. So that's what sent me on that last, you know, that last dark night of the soul and to the leap that I took. Mm. So it was really a, sort of an inside um a searching for you to say, can I, like, I, I, I heard the words you say and I love them. Can I do right by this client? So it wasn't just about like, oh, well, just hold out a little bit longer because, you know, in, an income, but you really wanted to do something that was going to be good for the client and good for you. Yeah. I'm actually, I forgot that aspect of it, but yeah, it's true. You know, I probably could have stayed there and, you know, some people milk jobs just for the paycheck while they start their business on the side. Mm. And I'm not saying that's wrong in any case, but in this case, I felt like it was out of integrity mm. um, to keep collecting a paycheck if my heart wasn't in it. You yeah. know, this wasn't some big faceless company. It's, you know, a group of people who I cared about. So, um, yeah, so I had the, the courage and integrity to take that leap, and I think they appreciated me for it. Absolutely, and it left the door open uh, for for more work in an in a way that was impeccable and in integrity for you. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So I wanted to tell that that story at length because it was really, really the beginning of this whole coaching journey. Um, and to briefly go from there to where I am today, I after that I started a, a nonprofit called the Reinvention Circle. And what it was, it was a community of people who were reinventing themselves. And I created it with one of my mentors, Mei Vu, and three other coaches around the world. And I just felt, you know, this is about me and my purpose, right? And how can I give and be generous? So this was a donation-based program where people who um, really, you know, the tsunami of life hit. Maybe they went through a divorce or lost a job or both. They could come to this reinvention circle and... Um, you know, be given 10 months of support around money, spirituality, purpose, um, you know, sex and relationship, everything. And then at the end, donate, you know, as they had money to pay, you know, donate to contribute to the circle. And it was such a beautiful vision. And we built this community. Um, I was living off of savings because the business model was completely flawed. And in 18 months of doing this, I made, personally, I made $800. Hmm. So there, it came to a point where I'm like, no, I can't pay my rent. This is not working. And I had to step down as, I don't, I don't know what my, I didn't really have a title, but I was essentially the CEO of this community. And, um, and I had to step down and it was a really crushing experience mm. where I went from a job that to me, there was too much money in it. You know, it's too much about the money. Mm. Um, to something that was wholeheartedly passionate and generous and beautiful community, but I couldn't pay the bills. So that experience led me to actually learning about business and um, sent me on this quest. It's like, how do I have my full integrity and, and be in my heart and also make a living? I think that taught me to have a healthy respect for money and that in our era, you know, in this current era, you need money. You need to pay bills. You can't barter for your rent, you know, 
somehow you have to, to make it work. Mm. That is an incredible story, and I'm just so, so happy, you know, to hear the, shall we say, the end. I know it's not the end yet, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. but the, the final piece of the story about how you had to, because I was going to ask you before you said that, what was the biggest growth and learning for you through this whole experience? And now I'm thinking it probably has to do with this whole thing around we have to, yes, we can have a business that really fulfills us and you know, fills up the heart, but we also have to have the practical things in place about we have to pay the bills. We may have a family that we need to take care of. So there has to be at some stage a marriage between the two. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, for years I've heard this idea that, you know, the best way to make money is to do what you love and to be of service. But it's one thing knowing that idea and the other thing getting it deep in your bones. And it took me a while to really get that that, you know, I can charge my clients, you know, market rates and that can be of service to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took me a while. I had a lot of resistance, a lot of emotional stuff around money that I worked through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from reinvention circle, I realized, okay, I need to create a viable business. Yeah. And the form that took, it was called masters of the leap. Yeah. Uh, the tagline was, uh, well, I have various taglines. One of the chargier ones was uh, take the leap from your soul-sucking job to freedom. So it was very much about going on your own path, and it was uh, career and business coaching. So that was my business in 2013 and 14, and for the first time ever, that was a success mm. in, in a conventional way. I um, was doing speaking gigs about twice a month and had a full full client load and a waiting list of clients. So that supported me really well through um, last year. And then, you know, one more rebrand. Um, I entered a, a business partnership that ended up being really challenging and fell through. And I found myself um, once again with no clients, sort of a full reset. And I won't go into the full story, but I went from having a very you know busy, successful business to being at ground zero once again. That was this past December. So I hired a business coach, um, you know, Paul Zelizer, who you know, know well. Mm-hmm. And the two of us really sat down and explored what is my next passion? What is my next, um, you know, level of purpose that wants to come through? And what came through were two, I'd say, competing directions, two different directions. One is to step fully into business coaching, which I've been doing some of. And work with solo entrepreneurs and small business owners who want to, you know, really take their business to the next level, which means, you know, internally, you know, having more clarity and power and being fully expressed as a business owner and externally getting their, you know, sales, marketing, messaging, really all aspects of their business working in alignment with who they are. So that's um, my Peter Rubin coaching side of my business. And the other one is wildly different. It's around relationships, and particularly helping men with their intimate relationships. Um, you know, I have a whole other story on the personal side of my transformation around um, sex, intimacy, and relating with women. And so many of my friends were asking me informally for coaching. Um, I realized that I needed to create something around that. So I have another business called Unconventional Relationship. Um, with a separate website and 
and similar principles in a way about, you know, being who you are coming from, you know, coming from your truth and being honest. Um, but essentially I have twins. Like I'm taking care of twin baby businesses at this moment in time. Yeah. And like we said before we started the, the recording today is, is it, that can be really, really challenging. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. One thing I just want to go back to before we continue here, um, while I have the thought in my mind, Peter, is when you said, because I think often, you know, practitioners or people just starting a, a new business have all this stuff around money and I can't charge and I just want to give. I just want to do the work, but I, I don't want to talk about the money side sort of. And right. then you said something else about how you realized at some point that it serves your clients when they pay for the services or when they invest in services. Mm-hmm. Okay, can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah. Oh, I have. I love this topic. Where do I want to start with this one? I do think it serves your clients. I think when you're whether you're doing coaching or EFT, if you're a you know practitioner of any sort, um, you know we all know the difference between a client who's committed and a client who's not. You know, a client who's not committed will show up late to sessions. They won't do their homework if you assign homework as part of your your practice. Um, they won't you know they won't be fully present. They might be taking calls when they're driving. All of these are symptoms of a client who's not fully committed. Um, in contrast to a client who's you know, doing their homework above and beyond, they're showing up on time, they're energized. So commitment is is central. It's sort of the foundation for all the work that you do, your client's commitment. Yeah. Um, one way of that of them committing is them investing money. You know, there's just something true about our psychology. When we invest in something, um, we are more committed. But I think a lot of business coaches will say that is the way to have clients commit, and I think that's bullshit. I think there are plenty of ways to commit. Um, you know, I've done work for free for people, pro bono work, because they just didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they honestly didn't. And they were really committed because they were committed. You know, because the issues we were coaching, you know, I was coaching them on mattered to them. Right. You know, because it mattered to their family, it mattered to their partner. Right. Um, so I think commitment is important and money is one way to support that commitment, but it's not the only way. And I, that's important, I think. Absolutely. Okay. I love that because I think, um, it's just so important. You know, I, I had a very long journey also and I'm still not absolutely probably 100% there at, as probably none of us are, but, um, about the money, you know, like when so often people in the, uh, the, the helping industry just want to help people and they, they sell themselves short or they will keep on bartering or they just have resistance to charge money. So I'm so glad this came up because it's a, it's a really important point to, to notice that we can actually help our clients sometimes to commit to the process with their money. It's like when yeah. we, how do they say we've got skin in the game? Totally. Yeah. It's, and sometimes your clients want to pay you money. Yeah. I think we can do ourselves a disservice when we have the belief that it's painful to pay money. You know, I've had this, for instance, paying rent. Sometimes I felt, oh, it's so painful to be in the Bay Area and paying, you know, eleven, twelve hundred dollars in rent every month. Right. And I've changed my attitude around that. Now, when I pay rent, I say thank you. Oh. Right. I'm so grateful. I have this beautiful house, you know, with the community that I'm living with and the space to, you know, talk to clients and have my friends over. So, um, 
you know, having that belief, like your clients want to support you, mm-hmm. you know, your clients want an even exchange. Yeah, that is a, is a lovely, lovely way to see it. And the more gratitude we have for those, um, things that, that come along, the clients who want to pay us, the more things will start showing up. And, um, yes, if we are the client busy investing in something like you're a, you're a client of your landlord or, or however that works, mm-hmm. and we bring in the gratitude for what that brings us because it's not only paying, but we also get something for it in exchange. Exactly. Mm. I guess the other piece I want to say around money is do it for you. Charge money for you because you need money to live. There's nothing wrong or dirty about that. That's a simple acknowledgement. Look, I'm giving my gifts and I need to make a healthy living. There's nothing greedy about that. There's nothing um, unethical or inappropriate. You know, you're welcome to charge whatever you want. And I know the people listening, you know, I'm sure the people listening have good hearts and they want to give their clients a lot of value. I think in these circles, you see undercharging a lot more than overcharging. Yeah. You, know, you see overcharging occasionally, but, you know, it's not the main thing that you see. No. It's so usually- do it as an expression of self-care, right, of honoring your own value, your own needs, um, and make the ask and know that your clients can always say no. If your rates are too high, they can say no, and that's fine. Absolutely. And like I've learned also that there are always clients at many different levels of investments. There, it's like property. Um, there are clients for every different area. So, um, yes, charge what you feel is going to give you a living of, um, um, comfort for you, for your family. And, um, and yes, we have to work through our money beliefs often before we can actually get there. And um, Peter, I'd love to dive into this topic of yours that I've heard a few times the words have come up about rebranding or about changing direction or um, transitions in life and maybe changing from this uh, career to another career. Are there some things you'd like to share about that or share some points and we can discuss it or just what have you learned in this process? Absolutely. This is one of my favorite topics and I think it's relevant to any well, anyone, but especially any entrepreneur who's growth oriented and who, who's really committed to having a business, um, that matches who they are on the inside. So when I think of branding and rebranding, it's about taking the outsides of your business, the visual design, the story your business tells, um, you know, your message, all of that and having it match, um, the gift inside of you that you want to give you know, the revolution that you want to create in the world. And this thing is not steady and stagnant. Frustrating as that is, it would be so much more convenient if I just had one, you know, if I were one consistent person, had one message in the world, and that never changed. I would love that. I would save a lot of time on web development. But, you know, the truth is that we're shifting. Our passions are shifting. Our ideal clients are shifting. Um, sometimes in minor ways, sometimes we just need to tweak things here and there. And other times what's needed is a whole rebrand. And I could say I've, I've probably done a full rebrand probably five times in the last five years. Hmm. And there's an art to that. Um, so a few things I want to say about that. The first step is realizing when you need a rebrand. And often the feeling is that you're not enjoying the work you do. You know, the clients who come in through your website or through your marketing 
um, feel like they're your old clients and somehow you're um, a bit bored working with them or you're not sure you're the right person to help them. Um, and you start to feel out of alignment. Like your work starts to feel less fun, less creative. Um, maybe fewer people are saying yes to working with you and your income is dropping. It's this sort of, oh shit feeling something's, you know, <laughs> something's not working here. Oh dear, I've felt that a few times. <laughs> right. Like, oh, and then I really do recommend starting with this, you know, the small things. Maybe you're just tired and need a vacation. That's the first thing to check, right? Don't blow up your business when you just need a vacation. Um, if you take in your vacation and you realize that it's not just that you're depleted, it might be that you need to make smaller shifts. You know, maybe add another, um, you know, page to your website that brings in a new client with fresh energy. Um, if you're finding that that's not working, then it's time to do a deeper rebrand. And for me, what that looks like is um, cutting down my client load, spending a lot of time in meditation, um, definitely hiring a business coach or someone to coach you through this and just feel for, you know, what matters to you? Like, what is your purpose right now? Um, you know, in my most recent rebrand, what I felt strongly is there was something for me around helping entrepreneurs be successful in a really, you know, high integrity way you know, with a lot of heart. You know, I could talk about this, as you can tell, I could, I love this stuff. I talk about it all day. And then the other one was around um, men and how to be a man in the world and get what you want in relationships. And this was the first time that both of these things spoke to me on this deep soul level at once. Um, so again, all the conventional wisdom is like pick one business, pick one niche, um, have one website. And what I'm leaning into right now is trusting that um, trusting my intuition over the formula right? Trusting what your, my soul is wanting over what, what conventional wisdom says to do. Mm. And I think one of the reasons it's taken me a while to be, you know, conventionally successful as business is that I'm not willing to compromise on that. You know, every business principle or teaching that I've heard, I've taken it apart and rediscovered it for myself, which is, um, you know, slow, but it means I've integrated this stuff and made it mine. Um, so what I was saying is that, you know, you're listening for that deeper soul calling. Um, you know, what do you want to create? And then you start to um, move from the inside out. So you think, okay, if that's my soul calling, who am I speaking to? What is the story they will tell when they work with me? The before and after story. Um, you know, when I think of that story, what is the message I want to say? Um, if I dream about this business and, and my clients, what does it look like, smell like, feel like? bringing the sensory experience of your business in and like drawing a picture, you're drawing these little dots and all of a sudden you've gone from a, a feeling, you know, a, a calling, a feeling mm. to something that can be translated into a website and, you know, into your, your talking points for, you know, the talks that you do. Mm. And I guess the last thing I want to say here is then there's the whole um, challenge of communicating your, your journey to the world. Um, in the past, what I've done is I've just disappeared. I've gone to my rebranding hole, my rebranding cave and come out later. Um, and over the most recent rebrand, I actually did something different. I was very vulnerable and transparent in my newsletter. I talked about the days when I just had no idea what I was doing. You know, someone asked what I did for a living. I just couldn't even answer. Hmm. Um, so there's something 
challenging but powerful about bringing your tribe along with you. And some will make the journey with you, others won't, and that's okay. That last one is particularly um, beautiful for me um, because I can so hear what you're saying about disappearing into the cave and coming out later when, when you've sort of got it all sorted out. That's sort of one of the things I've done in the past because it's almost in a way like we feel, well, let me speak for myself, I felt embarrassed about having changed direction or wanting to change direction, almost like I feel like I'm letting some of my tribe down who've, you know, come to depend on some whatever, you know, news or messages or support on a certain level and now I'm no longer able to offer that or, or don't feel called to offer that anymore. So I love what you say about bringing the tribe along, being vulnerable and honest and some will and some won't and, but at least you are still in integrity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I do think it's delicate. I think um, the benefit of being really transparent and vulnerable and the reason I did it last time um, was simply to model for other people that that's okay. Mm. You know, I, I hope that they got to know me as someone who they, you know, they like and trust and respect and to see, you know, that someone who they respect, um, you know, has their confusions and that, that someone they respect goes through this agonizing process of, you know, digging through the mess of their soul and recreating. I, my hope was that some people would see that and, and know that it's okay for them to do that too. Mm. And if I went in my cave, they'd never know that I went through it. And in my in their eyes, I'd be just some, you know, shiny person who jumps from one success to another. Right. right? And, and that, is that of service? I don't think so. That, you know, that feels more like image making. And that's really not what I'm interested in. Right. Yeah, that's a mask that we try and put in on it. And so what I love about what you said is that it helps other people to feel safe with their own messes and, and journey that doesn't feel so comfortable. So if we can model that it's okay to have those messes going on and we, we're not perfect and we're not supposed to be either. So it makes it safe for your tribe to go through their own. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Oh, I really love that, Peter. That is beautiful. Our time together goes by so quickly, so I would love to ask you if um, if you have any learning opportunities for our listeners or um, how they can get in touch with you if, if they'd like to uh, work with you, Peter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what would I like to share? So the best way to get in touch with me is through my website. It's peterrubincoaching.com, um, R-U-B-I-N. I'm sure there'll be a link on the, the podcast page. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, take a look at that and you can email me peter at peterrubincoaching.com. Um, if you just want to schedule a conversation to talk about your business and see if I can help you in any way. Um, so that's one thing in terms of learning one of my, um, actually want to share one of the programs that isn't mine, but that I've gotten a lot out of one of my mentors, uh, Mark Silver is a Sufi business coach. And I've gone through all of his programs and find that I've learned so much from him around integrity and heart in business. Um, so he has two programs, Foundations One and Foundations Two, which talk about clients and money and expanding your reach. So um, I just want to share this because some of your clients may be ready to work with a coach one-on-one and be able to afford you know, my rates and my services. Um, 
But if you're listening to this and you're more starting out and you want to do a group program and get some sort of, um, you know, basic business knowledge under your belt, I, I can't recommend Mark Silver's programs highly enough. Mm. Um, so that's at heartofbusiness.com. And I trust that he'll take good care of you. I'm so sure he will if you speak so highly of him. And I, for our listeners, I will put all of this information on on the the show notes page um, of this podcast, so everything will be clickable and easily reachable. Thank you. That That's amazing um, information to share. It's not even your own program, so thank you for that generosity, Peter. That's a wonderful. Do you have any last thoughts of inspiration or an action step or something you'd love to share with our listeners that we haven't already covered? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just think about myself a few years ago and what I would have wanted to know. And um, I think the main message is that it does get easier. And that the way I think of business is that there are all these different pieces, your sales, your marketing, your um, website, the work you do. And to get your business to work, you need all of them in place. And to get your business to work well and really hum, you just keep tweaking each of them. Um, so what I found over the years is that, you know, every time I do a sales conversation, I get better at it. It gets a little bit easier. Um, and everything gets a little bit easier, a little bit easier. And all of a sudden you see results. You see more money coming in. You see, um, you get to work with clients who are more fun to work with. Um, and it can happen so gradually you don't even notice. But I guess the biggest takeaway message is that it does get easier and just stick with it. You know, whether you have to get a side job, you know, so you can keep your business going. Um, it's just so important to not give up hope and to know that if you keep learning and you keep trying, um, you know, you can only go up from where you're at. Mm, I love that. And just it ties so nicely in with growing yourself in order to grow your business. So thank you so much for sharing that fantastic tip. And yes, it does get easier. It's like everything in life. When you're a toddler and you couldn't walk, it was hard. Mm-hmm. And if we, if we, if we all gave up at that stage, we, we, there would be a whole bunch of crawling adults. Mm. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Peter, thank you so much. This was a wonderful, inspirational, a call and conversation. I'm very grateful for your time and I encourage our listeners again to uh, to go to Peter's website, peterrubencoaching.com. Did I say yeah, that right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. And um, thank you again, Peter. It was just such an honor and delight to speak with yeah, you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. And remember, everybody, to shine your light brightly as you grow yourself and grow your business at the same time. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you were inspired by this show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. For tips on reaching your goals as a practitioner, visit www.savvyselfgrowth.com to receive the Savvy Goal Achievers Inside Secrets to reach your dreams. Each week, we will bring you tips and wisdom from experts who walk their talk and make an inspiring difference in the world. Shine your light brightly as you grow yourself to grow your business.